Well, good morning. You may be surprised to see me up here. Trust me, you're not nearly as surprised as I am. Because Jeff called uh, earlier this week and uh, some more um, problems with his eye. He had to go in for surgery Friday. Uh, this is his second round of surgery. And so, you know, he wasn't planning on this for Christmas. He had all kind of plans. But sometimes life just throws that curveball at you and you got to be ready. And so be in prayer for him. Be in prayer for him and uh, for his family uh, as he's going through some time, a tough time. Hopefully he'll be back in the pulpit next week. So just be in prayer for him. Well, Christmas is almost here. Whether you're ready or not, it's coming. And I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. It's perhaps one of my favorite times uh, of the year. I, I, love, I, love, I love everything about Christmas, especially the music. I love... Um, when we sing these songs like we've, we've sung today, you know, uh, they just, they move me. Uh, uh, angels we have heard on high, silent night, oh come all you faithful. All these songs that we have learned since we were children, I love to sing them. I love to, 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 hear, to sing them, and I'm not a real good singer, but I sing them all the time, and I love to hear other people sing them and perform them. And this quick plug-in for our choir tonight, they'll be doing their special, and you ought to make that a priority to come back uh, tonight. But I love, I love hearing Christmas carols and Christmas hymns. However, it is now the case that um, these precious Christmas carols and Christmas hymns are fading fast and losing popularity in our post-Christian culture. In fact, I challenge you, turn on a radio station, not a Christian station, just a normal station that's playing Christmas music And count how many times you hear a Christmas song come across the airways with a message of Christmas. You won't hear many at all. In fact, according to the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, in a study they did a couple years ago, the top 25 most performed, most played, most downloaded songs of Christmas. Of the top 25, only one had a, I'll call it, semi-religious tone or theme to it. At number eight on the list was The Little Drummer Boy by Harry Simeon Chorale and Orchestra. That's it. No other songs about the Christian message on that top 25 most played. Songs like Nat King Cole's Christmas song, Bing Crosby, White Christmas, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Hounds, Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer, Gene Autry. Those are all the songs that were on the top 25 most performed, most played, most downloaded songs of Christmas. Wow. What a difference. What a difference over 2,000 years makes. What a difference between the secular and commercialized Christmas to the first Christmas when the angels sang to the shepherds. Times have changed. And I'm going to talk about these Christmas messengers. I probably need to help y'all. Here we go. Call them the Christmas night messengers. I'm going to talk this morning about both the shepherds and the angels. And I think what you're going to see in both of these are some clear illustrations and examples of what it means to be uh, that Christmas night messenger. Because, see, on Christmas night, 
on Christmas night, the angels in heaven and the shepherds on earth joined to announce the good news of great joy that the Savior had come. I mean, they, they joined together these two completely different groups. They joined together with one purpose, to announce the good news of great joy. So I want to talk first about the shepherds, I mean the angels. And I want you to see that the angels were drawn from heaven because of the birth of Jesus. Jesus' birth drew the angel first and then angels afterwards from heaven. And I'm going to read, uh, you saw some of that already. I'm going to read from you Luke 2, and I am going to um, read this passage in the King James Version, because that's the way Linus read it on the peanut special, and that's the way I like it the best. And so we're going to read the King James, so bear with me as we look at this incredible story um, of these night messengers. Follow along with me there in your notes. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So I want to first talk about the angels. And when I think about the angels in this passage, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. When you stop just for a second and think about angels, we know that God created the angels. We don't know when he created the angels. The Bible says in Job that the angels were there praising God when, when, when the world was made. So we don't know how long these angels have been around. They've been around longer than this universe and this world. We do know that. And I can't help but think just for a second the amazement that came over these angels. I mean, just realize for eternity past, they've all, for the most part, they kind of have been there, not the whole eternity, but they've been there a lot longer than this world. They've been there praising the Lord Jesus Christ, praising the Trinity there. And, and now for the first time, for the first time, they are seeing their creator become a creature. And I can't help but think the amazement at what they're seeing. The one who spoke it all into existence, who created them, that creator is now becoming a creature to be an embryo placed inside a Jewish teenage girl and to be born a baby. I can't help but think about the angels when they see this event. I mean, this, this is the word that John talked about in John 1. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word, this Logos that they have always seen and worshipped, now is a speechless baby. I can't help but think about the amazement that these angels had and what they were seeing. And as they come to bring this good news to the shepherds, there are three things that I want us to see about God that I think are clearly seen in this revelation that the angels give us in this passage. And the first thing I want you to see is this. God delights in seeking us. The angels light up the night sky to announce to shepherds in the field the important news, the good news. The Savior of the world has come. Emmanuel, God with us, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is good news. And these angels light up the sky and declare this good news to shepherds. And I want you to understand that, that the first announcement of Jesus' birth was given by an angel, not to royalty, not to all the religious leaders. No, this first great announcement of Jesus' birth was given to society's outcasts. And that's exactly what shepherds were. They were the outcasts of society. Unclean. Couldn't even go to the temple. The bottom of the social status. That's who receives this good news. And I'm amazed by that, that ordinary, hardworking, anonymous, we don't know their names, dirty, you could throw in their smelly shepherds were the first to hear the good news. First to hear God's message of good news. You know, when we think about shepherds, we see those nativity scenes, and they got these little precious moments, precious moments faces. That's not how they looked. They were hardworking, ordinary men, dirty, smelly. And perhaps the one that we identify with the most. Ordinary people that God delivers the good news of his birth. And as I think about that, as I think about this whole uh, narration where these angels are declaring to outcast the good news of Jesus Christ, I come back to one word, grace. It's just grace that God did that. I mean, these shepherds didn't deserve to hear this good news. They're outcasts, perhaps not even Jews, but it was those outcasts that he delivered the news to. And I don't know about you, but I identify with this. I identify with those ordinary, hardworking people. And I want you to understand that it's grace. And because of grace, the Lord seeks the nobodies to make them somebody in Christ. And I don't know about you, but I was a nobody until Christ spoke to me 
till the Holy Spirit moved upon my life. I was a nobody, but when I gave my life to Christ in 1990, I became a somebody in Christ. Not because of me, but because of him. And that is good news. He is still in the business of seeking those. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. So God, we see through these main angels as they, as they go and give this good news to the shepherds that God delights in seeking us no matter who you are. But I also want you to see that God delights in saving us. The Messiah became the good shepherd. The Messiah became the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And how fitting it is that this great news is given to shepherds. And what I love most about this passage is the Bible says that he has come for all people. And I want you to see that Luke and his great narration emphasizes a worldwide gospel to all people. The good news is for everyone, not just the privileged, not just the Jews. It's for everyone, Jew and Gentile. This announcement, this good news, a worldwide gospel. And I want you to understand that this good news that he's delivering is that God did not send us a soldier to come in and conquer and battle for us. He didn't send us a judge to come in and bring down condemnation and judgment or a reformer to change everything because that's not what we needed. What we needed was a savior to save us from our sins. And that's what he sent us. And that's good news. God delights in seeking us. He delights and saving us. And as you hear from these angels, this is a worldwide gospel given to all men that a Savior has come, Christ the Lord. But I also want you to see that not only does God delight in us, seeks us and saves us, He also shows us. God delights in showing us. And I want you to think just for a second, for the first time, in hundreds of years. See, we know that between the Old Testament and New Testament, there's 400 years of silence. And for the first time in hundreds of years, the visible glory of God is now on display. We see this glory as we see the, the nights light up with the angels. And we see this glory also with the babe there in a feeding trough. See, heaven and earth have come together. Angels offering their praise. Humanity has promised a Savior. Glory to God is the word being spread. A Savior, Christ the Lord, has come. And I want you to understand that this lowly manger in Bethlehem was now the Holy of Holies because God's glory had returned to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And for those who know a little bit about the Old Testament temple, the Holy of Holies was that inner room. They had the Ark of the Covenant and other furniture. And only one time, the priest, on the Day of Atonement, only one time a year, the priest could go into that room because it was such a holy place. Well, that Holy of Holies is now coming in the form of a babe there in a feeding trough 
in Bethlehem. The Holy of Holies on display, God's glory for us. And see, the whole purpose of the plan of salvation is to bring glory to God. That's why we tell people the good news. So they can have that eternity in heaven. And when a person changes and steps out of the darkness into the light, when a person is born again, God is glorified from that. So God delights in seeking us. Because he's come to seek and save that which was lost. And he delights in saving us. That's why he sent us a savior to save us from our sin. And he delights in showing us and showing and revealing his glory. So as we look at these angels, we see this incredible um, uh, pictures uh, of what God is trying to do and what God is doing in the lives of so many. But as I said, I identify most with the shepherds. And I want you to see that Jesus' birth drew the shepherds from the fields. And I'm going to continue to read uh, this passage that we have in Luke 2. Beginning in verse 15. And they, being the shepherds, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they, the shepherds, had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And as I have read this passage, and like you, been reading this passage since I was a child. And many of you read this passage on Christmas Eve or, or Christmas Day morning. It's a passage that we're familiar with. But as I study this passage, what I see clearly is a Step-by-step, picture, illustration, example of evangelism. You see, this announcement of the angels moved the shepherds into action, setting off this evangelistic chain reaction. Deity has now invaded the earth, and the shepherds were the first to hear about this message, and they were first to see the Messiah. And as I look at these shepherds, Wow, they're truly evangelists. And that's why I'm calling this section Evangelism Shepherd Style. I know you've been to a bunch of evangelism courses and may have read a lot of evangelism books. I might write, write me a book on Evangelism Shepherd Style. But as I see this picture of the shepherds, wow, what a powerful and convicting message about sharing the good news. And I kind of just want to walk through some steps here. To show you how incredible, um, effective these shepherds were in being evangelists. The first human evangelist. And the first thing I want you to see is they were in awe of the message of Christmas. See, when these angels, the angel, then the angels lit up the sky, bringing the good news. At the first, the shepherds were terrified. But I think it's that moved on, I think they were just in awe, wonder, amazement. Just like we sung with the Revelation song, all struck wonder. That's what 
came over these shepherds, just totally in awe of what they saw. And you may say, well, Shannon, listen, if somebody, if angels came tonight into my backyard and lit up the sky, I'd be in awe too. And I'm going to say, yeah, you might be for a little bit, but not long. You may say, well, why can't you say that? I can tell you why. Because you should be in awe of this. God's written word. The breath, the thought of God given to you in a written form, in a language that you can read and understand. And how little time we spend in this book. We, instead of opening this book and being just in awe of what you read, it's often just closed, set aside so you can do other things and watch other things. There are times when I read God's word that just a verse will just grab hold of me and I can't go any further because I'm struck by the awesomeness of this book. And I'm afraid so many Christians today have just lost that sense of awe and amazement. You see, personal contact with God's message should always be awe-inspiring. And unfortunately, so many times, we're not affected at all when we spend time in God's Word. In fact, many of us would have to be, if we were honest, would say, yeah, I read God's Word this morning, but I can't remember what I read. Or I heard a message, but I can't remember anything about that message. You ought to be in awe. Personal contact with God's message ought to grab hold you. That's what it did with these shepherds. It grabbed hold of them. They had never heard this before. They had never seen anything like this before. And they were in awe of what they saw. See, many of us today live day after day without any sense of awe, wonder, or amazement. You have become casual and comfortable in your Christianity. And I would even say some of you have become cold in your Christianity. We have good news. That's what this world desperately needs. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about all the bad news when I watch the news or read the papers. We have good news. The Savior has come, Christ the Lord. And many of us live day after day without any sense of awe, wonder, or amazement. God has come. He's even given us his word. You see, we were meant to live with eyes gazing upward and eyes gazing outward. These shepherds' eyes were gazed upward. They saw the night sky light up the glory of God. They heard the message that a good, the good news that Jesus Christ has come. And they lived with their eyes gazing upward upward but also eyes gazing outward because the Bible says with haste they came to Bethlehem. And as I think about that, wow. Too many Christians today are living with their eyes inward. It's all about me. It's about me. It's It's what I need, what I want, what I deserve. It's all about me. A selfish, selfish Style of living. Get your eyes upward. 
on the things of God. Get your eyes outward on those people all around you who do not have the hope that you have because of the good news of Jesus Christ. So they were in awe. Number one, they were in awe of the message of Christmas. And then they accepted this message. They responded to this message. The Bible says they came with haste. The shepherds went to Bethlehem. I don't know how far a journey that was. They went to Bethlehem and they did it immediately. Hey, we don't know what time it was. The Bible doesn't tell us. It says it was night. So it could have been 10 o'clock at night. could have been 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. But when they heard this message, guess what? They didn't say, okay, I'm going to think about this. And I'm going to lay back down, wait till it gets light, and then I'm, we might go check this thing out. No, the Bible says immediately they came. They came. They left the side. Their flocks, I don't know who was watching them. They may not have been, could care less. And all they were concerned about was going and investigating because they had seen, they had heard, and had grabbed a hold of them because of the awe. And now they have accepted that and now moving with haste to Bethlehem. See, salvation happens when you hear that good news and simply believe it and accept it. And I want you to understand that God's news, God's good news is a gift that must receive, be received if you want true peace and joy. These guys' lives were changed because they had an encounter with Jesus Christ. You know, as I um, so think about that last point up there, it's one that when I wrote it, I had to kind of stop and think for a second. Um, some of y'all may not know, but it's been, it's been a tough year for me. Uh, I lost my dad, uh, in summer and my mom's not doing well. And just been a lot of, a lot of tough things. And, um, but what I have learned through all that and what I'm still learning is you, you know what the circumstances of life, well, they'll bring you down if you let them. And I can tell you that I know what it means to have a peace that passes all understanding. With what I've gone through and what I'm going through, I have such a peace in my life that I've never had before. I, I still have that joy in my life, even though the circumstances are tough. And I know many of you, I look out there, you're going through tough times right now. And you may actually be depressed. You may be sitting there in your seat, really not excited about Christmas at all. In fact, more excited about it getting over and moving on. Don't, don't let this world rob you of the joy that you have. The joy that can only come through knowing Jesus Christ. These shepherds, these outcasts heard the good news. They accepted this message and then they acted on this message. They came to Bethlehem, and they saw exactly what the angels told them. They saw there Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they saw Joseph, the stepfather, and they saw the babe, the Lord Jesus Christ, lying in a manger. They saw with their own eyes the Savior of the world. And I want you to understand that when they saw this, they told everyone. You see, 
The Bible is clear that acceptance must lead to action. That's why James writes in his book that a faith without works is dead. Not that faith produces, works produces faith. That's not what his Bible is saying. But when Christ comes into your life and saves you, something ought to change. There ought to be that desire in your life to serve him, to minister to others for him because of what he has done in you. These shepherds were society's outcast. And now they're going all throughout Bethlehem telling everyone the good news of Jesus Christ. What an amazing picture of evangelism because salvation has got a hold of them they have accepted it and they're moving with action you see these shepherds could have doubted and delayed but instead they decided to go to move with action you know some people may think well those shepherds didn't know any better I, I, I disagree with that I do think that these shepherds after what they saw they didn't like say, whoa, what was that? Let's, let's have a little debrief about this. What did y'all see? What did you see? No. I think they were all grabbed hold by the awe and wonder of God, and they couldn't help but go. They acted on what they had heard because it was such a powerful message. And how many of us today, how many of us today sit there in our workplace in our neighborhoods, and we don't say anything about Jesus. We've let society tell us that, hey, you can't talk about Jesus. You can't talk about the gospel because you might offend someone. These shepherds could care less. They heard the good news, and they couldn't help but tell somebody that good news. And God forgive us when we as Christians keep that good news to ourselves and don't tell us all. This world is hurting. This world is in need. And we have the answer. And the answer is what I saw on those three screens. Jesus. I don't know. That's the first time I've seen Jesus spelled out. But that was pretty awesome. Because that is the answer. That is the answer to all of man's problems. These guys didn't doubt delay. They didn't discuss this stuff. They took off. And when they got there and saw that, they couldn't help but tell everybody else they came in contact with the good news that the Savior was born. So they acted on this message, and then they, as I said, they announced it. These shepherds took on the assignment of the angels. They went to tell the good news, speaking, telling, witnessing, evangelizing. They became the first human evangelists of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because these shepherds saw, they went and they saw the Messiah and then they left and shared. You know, I tell people all the time, you can sum up the gospel in three words or the great commission of the gospel. Come and see, go and tell. That's what we need to do as Christians. These shepherds saw it. With their own eyes. They heard it from the angels and they saw it with their own eyes and they left differently than they came. They went and shared with everyone, telling them the good news of Jesus Christ.
You see, they didn't spend all their time discussing and debating and dissecting and diving in. No, they didn't spend all that time discussing the message. Instead, they just declared it and demonstrated it. And wow, that's what we need with today's Christians. I'm all for studies. I'm all for spending time discussing God's word. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. But we can't spend all our time discussing God's word. We need to be declaring God's word. And I think we as the church in America have got out of whack. We're spending too much time discussing, studying, which is, again, nothing wrong with that, and very little time declaring and demonstrating. That's what this world needs. The declaration of good news and somebody living it out. These shepherds announced to everyone they came in contact, these society outcasts, bottom rung of the society status ladder, that's where they are. Dirty, smelly, they didn't care. God had got a hold of their hearts. And I love what Benny Wade used to say, the boy got saved and he ain't got over it. And that's the way you ought to be as a Christian. That's how these shepherds were. They got saved. They couldn't get over it. They had to tell somebody the good news of Jesus Christ. A Savior has come who is Christ the Lord. What good news. It ought to bring a smile on your face. And the last thing I want you to see about these shepherds is the adoration. As we sung, oh, come, let us adore him. The adoration that you see from these shepherds to God for this message of Christmas. You see, you need to understand that this passage ends with the shepherds returning back to the fields where they came from. And I think that's an important thing to understand. They returned back to the same field, but they didn't return back as the same person. God had got a hold of them. The shepherds returned to their fields, and now they didn't see these fields as their place of occupation, as their work environment. They saw these fields as their place of ministry and service. And I want to challenge every one of you in this room who's still working. I want to challenge you. Go back to work tomorrow with a different perspective. Go back to work tomorrow with the same attitude that these shepherds had. The Bible says they went back to their fields glorifying and praising God. I want you to go back to your work environment tomorrow declaring the good news. I want you to go back tomorrow demonstrating that good news. Come along a brother or sister who's going through tough times and love on them and show them the love of Christ. Instead of complaining by the traffic as you're driving to work, spend that time praying, God, give me an opportunity. God, give me an opportunity here at work. Or maybe it's not work. Maybe it's in your neighborhood or whatever you get planned tomorrow. God, give me an opportunity to testify the good news of Jesus Christ. If you pray that, I promise you, God will give you an opportunity. Now, whether you act on it or not is a different story. But pray that God will give you an opportunity. These guys return different. You see, a clear evidence of conversion is always adoration and praise. 
The Bible says there in the last verse, they just were praising and glorifying God. So that shepherd field became a worship place for them. And I want you to understand that the shepherds returned to the same place, but not as the same people. And again, I want to challenge you tomorrow. I want to challenge you tomorrow to return to your same place of work but don't return as that same person that left Friday. Let this message get a hold of you that a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. The shepherds got it, and they had to tell. They had to declare. And I want to challenge you. You be that night messenger. You be that messenger of the good news. Somebody's got to tell this hurt hurt and dying world the good news of Jesus Christ, and that person is you, that person is me. You know, the message of Christmas is the message of Jesus. That's simple. And when you share that message, it's going to bring a response. These shepherds got it. Their lives were changed. They were transformed by what Christ had done in their life, and they were never, ever the same. Some of you have got that message, and you can stand up and you can testify what Christ has done in your life. And how he has changed you and transformed you. And some of you can't. Because you've never been changed. These shepherds were radically different. From society's outcast to the first evangelist. Why? Because of Jesus. He radically changed their life. He can radically change your life if you don't know him. You know, I love what, um, what Corey Tim Boone says. Because really, when you see Christmas, and you think about Christmas, it, you think about Christ being born into this world. But more importantly, you think about Christ being born into your heart. That's what Christmas really is about. And I love what Corey Tim Boone said. She said, if Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem and not in me, then I would still be lost yeah we get caught up in the message of Christmas and it's a, it's a great message it's great news as we talked about this morning but again you can hear that message over and over again but until Jesus is born here then you're still lost I think of no better time to give your life to Christ than Christmas if you've never made that decision. And I want to challenge you. Be that messenger. Be that messenger as the angels declared the good news. Be that messenger as the shepherds declared and demonstrated. You be that messenger tomorrow in your workforce, tomorrow in your neighborhood, tomorrow in your schools. You be that messenger of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this uh, powerful message. Powerful passage. Lord, thank you for the example given to us by the angels and the shepherds. And Lord, I pray and desperately pray, Lord, that, um, that we will just not leave this room not impacted by the words that were spoken today. Lord, 
I, I pray for that person sitting here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that you would just move through the power of the Holy Spirit upon the lives here. Lord, this is, we have good news, such good news to share. Lord, help us to be those messengers. Wherever you take us, Lord, help us to be that messenger of the good news of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.